Hey everyone, it is so amazing to be here today. I've got Amy share with you and we are going to be talking about ooh, so many good things that I'm sure so many of us have been thinking but we haven't been saying and she's actually been doing what we only wish we could. She's written multiple books. She has had experiences that are significant relaunches. And we're going to talk to her today about her journey. And I think that again, at the end of this show, you are going to walk away with some truly inspirational, actionable items that are going to lead you in at least to this next week, if not longer, and give you an opportunity to explore some things that maybe you haven't really thought about. This episode is brought to you by the Fired Up Entrepreneur Program. And this is a program that we are so proud of. The results have been downright remarkable. And we want to invite you to get a glimpse of what it is like inside this program by inviting you to participate in the Business Bootcamp, which is a five-day free event, and get involved with this because the pearls that we're going to be sharing each and every day are going to be the foundation for allowing you to make money, keep the money, grow the money and strengthen not only your business, but also yourself. So please take advantage of this and join us at our next bootcamp. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hillary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. So Amy, welcome. It's so Thank great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight. So the way that we really like to begin this is, yes, people may or may not know about you and your journey, but I like to highlight your most significant relaunch that you've had that has really been the most impactful that you can now look back and there's silver linings around it and be able to talk about what you wish you knew then that you now know and some actionable like tips that, gosh, I wish I had just realized that this was all going to work out in the end. So I'm going to pass it over to you. And I know a lot about your background and it is really incredible. And the books that you've written have just been so inspirational. So take it away with your relaunch. Thank you. So my, actually, I think my most pivotal relaunch is my most recent relaunch. And I think just like with our lives, um, with our businesses, we continuously relaunch as we grow. And instead of talking about, I will share my most recent 
you know, relaunch, but instead of having a lesson from every relaunch I've done, I think my biggest lesson is the overall lesson that it's okay to keep relaunching as we evolve. Isn't and that the, the truth? Right. Isn't that, that is such a great point. It's right. Because, okay. Yeah. Actually, it's right. I think maybe now a little older and wiser and having done several relaunches, I should worry if I never want to change my business or my life. I should worry if I don't evolve and grow and want to expand who I help and and what I share. And so that's something that I really wish I knew was that's a natural progression of life and of business, of entrepreneurship to to keep repivoting and relaunching into what feels good for us as we grow. And that would have made my life so much easier if I wouldn't have thought, well, I worked so hard for this and now I have this and now I have to make this work, right? Because we get so stuck in that. And we sometimes think like, oh, if I'm not where I should be right now, I'm a failure or things aren't working or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And it really is important to know that change is a necessity of life. I mean, that yeah. does keep it interesting. It, it is what we're supposed to be doing because as soon as you're stagnant, I mean, it's kind of yes. like, it's pretty much done, right? Yes. And also what if you've gotten to where you want to go and then you don't like that? That's okay too. Because <laughs> we feel like, sometimes we feel like it's failure if we haven't gotten there. And then we sometimes feel like it's failure if we have got there, gotten there and then we don't want to be there. So I think yes. it's just important, right? It's just important to say out loud that, we can, we can, and we should continue to grow and evolve. And I've definitely done that in my work. So the bulk of my work for the last 10 years has been writing books and helping people who are going through significant um, chronic illness, emotional challenges like depression and anxiety. And that is um, based on my own healing experience over a decade, essentially the decade before the decade I've been helping people and writing books. And I've written four books in, in four-ish years, translated into 16 languages. And that's sort of been my thing. And recently I, well, in the last couple of years, not super recently, I've been starting to relaunch my business and repivot to help other authors and writers plan their books and get their books into the world. And that has been my hardest repivot or relaunch because I have changed the direction of my work in so many ways when I was really working with people to help them heal, help them change their lives. It was easy to go from, not easy, but it was easy somewhat easy to go from private one-on-one client sessions to group work. It was easy to go from small group work to large classes. And in my classes, you know, would be 200 people instead of 20 people. That felt more like an, okay, that's an okay thing. I'll give myself permission for that. But well, Amy, but Amy, before we even go into yeah. that, for people who don't know your journey, yeah. can you share with us what took place when you got the you know Lyme disease. What happened? What did you do so that people understand how you've gotten to where you are right now? Yes, sure. And I think I always glaze over that. It's so funny. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm going to take you back. I got to take you back. We got to set the stage here. It's so interesting. I think for me, part of it is it is an old story for me. Of course, it's so important for me to share it still. But but I glaze over it, and people are always like, wait, wait, wait. Tell people what happened. So what happened essentially was that I was 
completely debilitated from chronic Lyme disease. I was bitten by a tick unknowingly, as many people are. I um, found out, you know, through a series of doctor after doctor after doctor. Um, I had a false negative on my Lyme disease test. So people told me I didn't have it when I did. It took me seven years to get a diagnosis. And once I did, I was um, completely debilitated. I was on permanent disability. When the government gives you permanent disability, it, it is such a difficult thing to get unless they think you will, they are pretty sure you will never recover. And that's where I was at. I had nerve damage. I had brain lesions. I had difficulty walking. I had cardiac issues. I mean, the Lyme disease completely ravaged my body. I did come through it very slowly, but surely. And part of that was what I maybe would previously have called a woo-woo journey, but I essentially decided to turn inward and look at the mind-body connection beyond just what happens if I think positive. I was always a very positive person, but what, what, what role do the patterns of perfectionism and putting pressure on ourselves and holding on to bottling up our emotions, what role does that have in our physical health? And guess what? It turns out it has a massive role in our physical health. Doesn't it? Yeah. And when I started to really address that piece after I had gotten all of this in incredible medical care, including flying all the way to India for an experimental treatment that I couldn't get in the US, I healed completely and permanently, got off permanent disability. The government still sends me letters asking me to go get a, um, a test with their doctors to prove that I don't need disability anymore. I haven't been receiving yeah. checks for years, but I think they still don't believe it. So how long did it take you? Because it, 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 there is a little bit of the eat, pray, love journey here. There right. Is. I know that Elizabeth Gilbert even wrote a, you know, kind of a, yes. yes. And so there is this point where you're like, I'm going to go off to India and I am going to, I mean, it's like, what do I have to lose? Yes. What you had to lose was critical. You're going to die. And this is, this was kind of, was it your last kind of? It was my, yeah, it was my last, last, it was the last hurrah. I mean, I flew to India thinking, well, this will kill me or cure me, but hopefully we'll do one of the two so I can just be done because I had been in the suspended state of, of this debilitating pain. Seven years. I mean, incredible. And so you decide to go off to India Mm -hmm. and you were there for how long? I was there for um, a a little bit over two months and it was almost a miraculous recovery. I, you know, was able to walk again without pain for the most part. My organs started to heal. My brain lesions started to heal. It was crazy. I came home like a totally different person. But what I did, didn't do right was I came home and I went back to an old life and thought, great, now I can just carry on. And that was when I started to slide backwards again. It was about a year after I came home from India, but I started to slide backwards again. And some of my symptoms started returning. And that's when I had this epiphany about the mind-body connection and that there would be more probably to physical healing than a physical cure because I had received every amazing physical cure now in both the United States and in India. Okay, so so this is really interesting what you just said. So you came back... And mm-hmm. you were so here. much better. You were so, so much, much better. You still had some remnants. Of very, very getting. little remnants. Yeah. Yes. But then you go right back into your old life and you notice that you started to feel, you started to go re- regress. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. And then you realize, wait a second, something, something needs to change because I I was feeling better and now I'm slipping again. Yes. So, and so what did you do? So at that point, that was when I really started to examine my internal landscape, I'll say, and really look at how my patterns and how I've been living, how I had been living could be affecting my physical body. And there is no shortage of research now about how stress on the body, emotional stress, trauma, you know, affects our nervous system, our immune system, and all of our body. And so, um, in, you know, in, in, at that time, you know, there wasn't as much, but now we know. And so I started to just look at emotional patterns. I started to get into, um, how to release emotional baggage from the body, not just talk about it, but actually release it. And I went on to write to, to actually cure myself, you know, permanently and completely, and then write four books, three, which taught other people how to do what I did, how to look at what might be stuck in the subconscious mind that we didn't, we don't realize what kind of patterns around bottling emotions might be stressing the body. And then I also wrote a memoir, This Is How I Saved My Life is the title, which really takes people just through the whole journey, my story. And well, and, and I love most of your books are that how to dot, 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 when yes. no one else can. Right, it's because there's like, always that piece that no one else can do. Even if you want to pay them all the money in the world, they can't do it. No, this is, this is, you know, working from the inside. It's an inside job. And when you talk about emotional baggage, when you talk about, you know, putting down that emotional baggage, getting rid of that emotional baggage, are there processes that you've learned? What, what, how do you even begin? Cause I know people are like, all right, yeah, I might have some emotional baggage, but what should I do about it? So I learned and created several techniques for this, um, which all fall under the, the sort of category of what's called energy psychology, which is working with thoughts, beliefs, and emotions mm. in conjunction with the body's energy system. We all have an energy system. And this is what they work on when you go to acupuncture. They're putting needles in specific places to help release stuck energy in the body that's blocking the flow of healthy energy, which can then manifest manifest as physical and emotional symptoms. So I actually went to acupuncture for a long time and I love acupuncture and I still go as maintenance. But what I realized was that I needed to dig deeper. I needed to find the root emotional baggage, the deep down sort of root causes of why my energy system kept getting blocked. And that's when I discovered some of there's any perfectionist listening to us, um, they'll, they'll, they'll recognize putting so much pressure on myself, people pleasing, perfectionism, um, holding all my emotions in so that I didn't upset anybody else. Those things literally that we think we're just doing to help other people or make our lives easier, literally and figuratively, we're putting so much pressure on my body, on my immune system and nervous system that I feel truly that that opened the door to sort of the breakdown of, of, of my immune system, of my physical body. Now, of course, I was still bitten by a tick. I did still have, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not negating any of the medical things, the physical things that were true about that time. 
but I am, I am absolutely positively sure that the emotional burden did not allow for my full recovery. And that's why when I worked with releasing the emotional stress and trauma and baggage, I was finally able to heal permanently and completely. What I think is so fascinating about what you're saying is that in, in today's world, we all are going through, there's, you know, things hitting us left and right. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, when you finally are done with one thing, it's like another thing. And how fast are these things going to come at us? And we have been taught to kind of build the walls, right? Just, you know, Hey, think about that tomorrow. Just take care, you know, that just get through the day. Don't share with anyone else. Nobody really wants to know about your problems. Just get through, keep going. It'll be okay. Everything's all right. And yet, inside you're like this, this volcano about to erupt because it has to erupt. It does. But yet we all think if we go long enough, right, we just keep building the wall. We keep building, you know, well, you know, hopefully it won't erupt. Hopefully, you know, it it won't be a problem until much, much later. But what ends up happening is it ends up somehow coming out in the body in some form of dis-ease, some form of emotional trauma, like this, this ability. Yeah. So when you were starting to realize this and you do have this energy that you, you know, the, the, Mm -hmm. and I watched one of the videos, which perfect timing, you were talking about the COVID vaccine. I just recently got the second shot. I came upon your video. I did all of the different, you know, tapping and energy clearing. And I have to tell you, Amy, it was incredible. Incredible. I literally woke up the next day and I'm like, I feel great. Good. I think I was talking about fear. Was I talking about fear in that video? Maybe I, I don't usually address the vaccine directly, but I was probably talking about Yeah. You just said this is a generic one, but it could help. It helps. It helps with the energy. I think I was moving the energy. Yes. And I think I recorded that right when we started, right when we kind of got into the pandemic, just about COVID in general, because there was so much energy that, it, that all of that wears on us and we feel collective energy and we feel, you know, all of that. And it, and, and you say, you know, you're right where you say, we think it's not going to catch up till much, much later, but much, much later always does come, right? (laughs) It does. You can't, you can run, but you can't hide, right? Yes, I know. And I write in my books in the history of emotions, they've never gone away by ignoring them. Like, I don't know a single person who went, I ignored my emotions and that really worked, right? So we have to, we have to address them. And so you've written all these books and now you, as you mentioned at the beginning, you said your journey is not to write, you know, additional of these books right now, who knows, mm-hmm. there could be knows? some other ones, I in know. The future. but you mentioned that now you're really looking at, I mean, a, a true relaunch that you want to help authors. Yes. And I have been doing that. My agent, my editor sends me, you know, authors of theirs that need help with book planning or their book proposals to sell their project. I've been doing it sort of under the radar for a couple of years now, but I've been doing it under the radar because I keep thinking, no, but the emotional healing is my work. That's what I write about. That's what I do. And then I just had this epiphany that that's what I did. And that's what I've been doing. But, but just like we're talking about energy, my energy has gone somewhere else now. And it's important 
to follow that and to understand that no matter where we go, there will be people there who need us and who want to be there with us. So just as I've grown, you know, it's I've, I've written a few things about it to my to my community that typically, you know, it has been focused on emotional healing and overcoming chronic illness. And I can't tell you how many people have said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're talking about this because I'm a writer and I never knew. But because I had never talked about it, of course I wouldn't know that some of my community, their energy is there too. And so it's so important, even if we feel like the topic or what we want to do is a complete deviation from what we've been doing. And mine isn't so much because of course I've been writing for a long written time. Written successful books. I, yeah. Yes, yes. But you it's there's this hesitance within us that that feels like I can't do that or I shouldn't do that or I've worked so hard to have this that now that I have this I need to keep this I need to hang on tight but my message is that as our energy flows and as we flow we need to move with with our own evolution with the changes and trust that there will be people there to meet us that want to wow. be on that journey what you're saying also is, you know, it's the riches are in the niches. And what you're saying is as soon as you were willing to say, Hey, this is, this is my new path. This is where I'm starting to go. People in your community were like, Hey, wait, I, I want, I want you know, that's me. That's yeah. me. I want to follow along. And that's where you really can start to have the momentum behind you of people saying, yeah, this is what, I, this is what I need right now, which is yes. so incredible. That's amazing. So Amy, when you are thinking about the underlying, you know, this whole purpose filled, what you're giving back, you were doing these books to really help with, you know, the chronic pain and helping get through anxiety and depression and mm -hmm. super successful books and your journey through India and back and love and all this awesome, you know, awesomeness that you're about. How do you now? go in like in your own mind, how do you step into feeling like, all right, it was it the overall purpose of what you were doing before was blazingly obvious, right? Blazingly. I mean, my God, you're writing books on, you know, helping people get through major, major situations. Now you're taking a different turn because this, I love this because most people are going from like, oh, I've got a corporate job and now I want to do something that is, you know, service-based. Mm -hmm. You're doing this, hey, everything was service-based. Everything was like all about helping. And now you're going to be helping authors. Are you, are you, what, what is your, how is your thought process going towards like this next journey for you mm -hmm. and still feeling in alignment with what you've been doing? I think that what I've realized is we can have multiple purposes and we can actually fulfill one and be done with it. That just because I've been helping people in this way doesn't mean I have to continue. I could be done with it. I mean, I tell, I have a 14 year old nephew and I tell him like, you're going to have a million jobs. You know, they're this age is trying to figure out what they're going to do. You're going to have a million jobs. And then I have to remember that myself, there are going to be multiple purposes throughout my life. And it's okay to move on to a new one. I don't have to continue to fill the same one in the same vein. When, when I help writers share their own stories, 
I'm helping so many people as well. So I can write my own books and share my own story and that helps all my readers, but helping other authors and writers share their story will continue that in a different way. It may not be me directly sharing and teaching, but by me supporting them and them finding their bravery and their their courage, you know, their courage and their and their commitment, because it also takes that to to fulfill their own purpose and promise to themselves. I feel like it's an extension of what I've been doing but it's, it's, it's still something new. Okay. This is, this is why I was asking the question because it is an extension and you are going to be impacting even more because you're helping people get their messages, their stories out there that then in turn will be impacting, you know, their audiences. And, and the whole idea of what you're doing is, incredible because you know how to deliver that helping that that need for people to feel emotionally connected to what you're writing about which is incredible and now you're willing to share what you've learned and be able to have other people you know again it's right time Time and, you know, energy and making sure that people don't have to spend as much time and as much energy in the wrong areas. So I, I knew where you were going, but I wanted to make sure that people understood that it is okay to truly relaunch into something where you think, Hey, this is where my, you know, my heart is calling me to go. Right. And I also have to say, as somebody who's been helping, you know, whose books have been translated and I hear people from all over the world, helping one person in any way is enough. You don't have to do something epic where you're creating a business that helps hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, I remember if I can tell a quick story when I was in India, I was so sick at times I was like, I don't even, how, how am I supposed to know if I'm going to like, if if I'm going to live through this, if I'm in the right place. And there was a, I had a, I had an addiction to carrots and peanut butter. I didn't like Indian food when I arrived, <laughs> but carrots and peanut butter got funny addiction. <laughs> such a funny addiction. I could have worse. Um, but anyway, there was a guy who was just in town, maybe a few blocks by the time I could walk, you know, started to walk, I would go in and I would buy carrots like every few days because that was like my fix. I was like, oh, this feels like home food, right? As I got used to the Indian food and the spiciness and everything. And the carrot vendor every time would like pick out the nicest carrots for me and smile. He didn't speak English and I didn't speak Hindi. So it was a little bit hard. He would fill my heart to the rim every time I bought carrots. And he sustained me for so much of my trip when I was flailing and faltering and didn't know how I was going to survive this experience, a scary experience, this experimental medical treatment, I'm sure, maybe I'm assuming, but I'm sure he didn't feel like he had the most important job in the world. But I wonder how many other people love to go to this gorgeous man of a carrot vendor who had just such a smile and just such an energy about him. And I wonder how many lives he's changed. And so I remember that whatever we do, we do it in integrity and we do it with, with true 
generosity and and that's that's enough that's all we have to do and so if somebody feels like they want to move into another area they want to relaunch i would suggest that people don't worry about purpose too much and to trust that true purpose is being your true self and secondary purpose like who you affect comes from that mm, what a great way to talk about true purpose takes the pressure and, off yeah and and stop like why am i here what am i supposed to be doing that is major pressure so it's much really, it's like oh, you know, you almost get, yes. you know, you get stuck just thinking about, am I really fulfilling why I'm here? Instead, I love the example of this guy who is just really happy to be selling his carrots and yes. he is just giving you what he thinks is the best carrot out of all the bunch. And it's uh, been over 10 years and I still, that, that, I still have a feeling when I think about that, like that's how much he impacted me. So I think it's okay to think less about impact and trust that what, whatever we are guided to do is impactful in ways we could never imagine. And then do it. And do it. Do it like with, and there's a, a great, I have a, one of my absolute best friends is a chef and he always, you know, has the biggest smile when he is creating food. He's never in a bad mood. And I asked him, I said, you know, you, you're human. So clearly you have those moments where you're not like, woohoo, everything's great. Yes. And he said, yes, but when I am going to be creating to feed others, mm. I am going to put as much love, as much of like the best I can give into the food that I will be giving somebody else because that's the energy that will flow from myself to the food, to the person eating it. Right. And I've never forgotten it because it is yep. exactly what you're saying that if you're going to do something do it with you know 100% full integrity and that like you know you're doing it with the gusto behind it yep. and not feeling like ugh here i go again and if you're in that position of here i go again oh my god not this again i got to get up tomorrow because of this then change then get yeah. out of it yeah. mm, and so even good. if you can only take a tiny step it will make you feel so much better to have your intention in a new direction. Mm -hmm. Oh God, I love that. Okay, well, as we're wrapping up, I always do rapid fire questions. Okay. And I used to do ones that were, you know, same old, same old, and they bored me to tears. So I kind of am taking from what you just said that it's like when it start when it starts to bore you, yes. do something different. Be done. Be done. And now I'm just like, I take it from, you know, whatever comes to my crazy mind. So- okay. All right. Given that your last name is Cher. Yeah. Actually spelled S-C-H-E-R. Yes. What is your favorite Cher song? Um, I've got you, babe. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> Have you ever asked, been asked that question before? No, but I knew the answer. <laughs> Seriously, I knew the answer. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. So when you think about books that you really love, right? Mm. That you would love to help an author write, what kind of books do you want to be attached mm. to? 
I love memoir. I am so obsessed with the courage it takes to tell the truth about your life and how many people just need to hear that it's okay to do that, that I read so much memoir and I love to help other writers write memoirs. So that's, that's, that's okay. But let me ask you, Amy. Mm. So, you know, a memoir when, when people think of a memoir, we kind Mm -hmm. of think of like looking back at life or you have to have like, I mean, there's got to be that really significant moment. Mm -hmm. Is there a better time to write a memoir than other times? I mean, what, when do you really write a memoir? You can write it at any point. I mean, I wrote, I wrote mine, the first draft of mine, which was self-published. It was later picked up by Simon and Schuster, but in 2013, when I was just over 30, most people just over 30 don't write a memoir because you think, you know, whatever. But memoir, I've read some really interesting memoirs that are just an interesting take on life. Mm. Because a lot of times people like to read stories that they can relate to. Now, getting a memoir published when it's just an interesting story about life can be a different story. But most people really do have something, if they're driven to, to, you know, write a memoir, something that they can share that somebody else or other people really need to hear. I also love self-help or how-to books because I've written so many. And I think there's something to be said for taking your life experience and maybe injecting some of that, but also giving some practical, now here's how to do what I did, or here's what I learned. And I think especially in the you know, healing space and the self-development space, that's a really, really important thing to write about as well. Okay. So I know a majority of the listeners have heard me talk about this book that I'm writing and it is, it is memoir slash self-help. So we have something to talk about even, but I know that people are like, uh, Hillary, Hillary, ding dong, ding dong. I love it. I can't It's so wait funny as I'm listening to you. It's just, it's so great. Okay. And last but not least, actually second to last but not okay. least, uh, what is your favorite beauty product by name? Okay. So I love Iura, I-Y-U-R-A, and it's a, it's an um, oil, a day and night oil. Um, and it's an Ayurvedic face oil that is amazing. And I'm not really, I have to say at the urging of my, um, millennial cousin, I literally just started washing my makeup off my face at night. Like I always, I was always sleeping with my makeup until she was like, you can't do that. You're going to get old so fast. You have to take (laughs) it off. So I am not a beauty. Like I am not into a million products, but I'm into a few. And that's my favorite. Like can't live without there's a night and a day oil and they are amazing. Well, and the way you look for those that are going to watch this on video. Yeah. It's working for you. Thank you. (laughs) And for those that want to see the names that, you know, what she's talking about, we will have them over in the relaunchco.com. It will be all in the show notes. Again, the relaunchco.com and you can check this out and there'll be links and all that, but awesome. And then last but not least, when you hear the word powerhouse of possibility, Mm. what does that mean to you? To me, the first thing that came to me was the courage to believe in yourself. 
that you can only be a powerhouse of possibility if you are your own, your own powerhouse of, of belief, essentially, because we, especially as women are so good at believing in and encouraging everybody else, but we have to have the courage and the commitment and uh, the, we have to have the, we have to choose to believe in ourselves. We really, really do. And from Um, there, all the possibilities can be fulfilled much, much easier. That is so good. Thank you, Amy, for being here today. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I loved our time together. And we will definitely be in touch. I'd love it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.